Live Updates, Turmoil Engulfs Israel Over Plan to Overhaul Top Court By Patrick Kingsley Patrick Kingsley Patrick Kingsley Gabby Sobelman Patrick Kingsley Isabel Kirshner Isabel Kirshner Hiba Yazbek Hiba Yazbek Patrick Kingsley Patrick Kingsley Patrick Kingsley Isabel Kirshner Patrick Kingsley Gabby Sobelman Isabel Kirshner Isabel Kirshner Patrick Kingsley Isabel Kirshner Isabel Kirshner Patrick Kingsley Patrick Kingsley Pinned in one of the most pivotal and tumultuous days in Israel's political history, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu was considering on Monday whether to delay a judicial overhaul that has divided society, set off civil unrest and prompted widespread strikes that have blocked flights from leaving Israel's main airport. Unrest broke out overnight in parts of Israel after Mr. Netanyahu fired his defense minister late Sunday for criticizing the overhaul, prompting demonstrators to surge into the streets, universities to shut their doors in protest at the judicial plan, and union leaders to announce a general strike. The dismissal of Yoav Gallant, the defense minister, intensified an already dramatic domestic crisis that was set off by the government's attempt to give itself greater control over the selection of Supreme Court justices and to limit the court's authority over parliament. Even as turmoil and work stoppages spread on Monday, hardline members of Mr. Netanyahu's coalition gathered in parliament to proceed with the plan. Here's what to know. Critics fear the changes to the judiciary proposed by Mr. Netanyahu's government will remove important checks and balances on the government and erode democracy. Supporters say the changes would curb the influence of an overreaching and unelected judicial bureaucracy. Protesters returned to the streets on Monday, gathering outside Parliament in Jerusalem and blocking a major road in Tel Aviv, the day after Mr. Gallant's dismissal unleashed chaotic late-night demonstrations in parts of the country. There were also calls for counter-demonstrations from a leading coalition lawmaker, Simka Rothman, who has led the efforts to overhaul the judiciary. Strikes continued to ripple across industries as airport workers shut down outgoing flights from Israel's main airport, a medical union said it would pause non-emergency care and a local government federation said it would also join the action, paving the way for a halt to municipal services. Mr. Netanyahu, Israel's longest-serving prime minister, was once a staunch defender of a strong and independent Supreme Court. Now he is standing trial on corruption charges before the same judiciary that would be subject to his government's overhaul, and critics say his effort to curb its powers is an attempt to extricate himself from legal troubles or evade punishment. Mr. Netanyahu has denied any personal motives, denies wrongdoing and says the cases against him are collapsing in court. Mr. Gallant's firing also heightened friction between Mr. Netanyahu and the Biden administration, which has become increasingly vocal about its reservations over the judicial plan. The National Security Council issued a statement overnight calling for compromise, expressing deep concern and stressing that democratic values have always been, and must remain, a hallmark of the U.S.-Israel relationship. The leadership of the anti-government protest movement called on its supporters to avoid confrontation. Violence erodes the foundation of the democracy we are fighting for, a statement said. We are aware of the calls of provocateurs sent by the government to come and confront us. Please, preserve democracy and avoid confrontations as you have done from the beginning of the protest. Some protesters spent the night sleeping on the road outside the parliament in Jerusalem. Others got up at home on Monday morning and set off to block main roads or junctions up and down Israel. 
The country's universities announced a nationwide stoppage, suspending all teaching until further notice. Municipal workers prepared to go on strike. After a stormy and chaotic night of protest against efforts by the government to assert greater control over the Supreme Court, another mass demonstration was planned for 2 p.m. outside Parliament. The potential for friction, and even violence, appeared to rise with calls on Monday by supporters of the legislative overhaul to come out and defend the plan. Israelis from all walks of life have taken to the streets over the past 12 weeks, participating in mass protests as well as more focused acts of dissent, like picketing the homes of coalition ministers and lawmakers, in what is likely the most sweeping popular protest Israel has known in the 75 years since its foundation. The country will be paralyzed until the complete shelving of all the dictatorial legislation. The informal leadership of the protest, known as the Struggle HQ, said in a statement on Monday. We are not ready for any compromise that will harm the independence of the Supreme Court and the primacy of the law, it added. Shikma Bressler, a protest leader who was briefly arrested at a demonstration last week, said in a video statement, I was up all night. The citizens of Israel have spoken. We will not allow anyone to take away our freedom, to take away our democracy. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has shown that his decision-making is not to the benefit of Israel's security, Ms. Bressler said of Mr. Netanyahu's announcement on Sunday night that he was firing his defense minister, Yoav Gallant, who had called for a delay of the overhaul effort, citing security concerns and growing anger within the military ranks. We will never give up, Ms. Bressler said. The judicial overhaul has to be eliminated completely. Professor Asher Cohen, president of the Hebrew University in Jerusalem, said it was the first time he could think of that all the universities in the country had come together and announced a unanimous stoppage. Everything here is unprecedented, Professor Cohen said in a phone interview from his campus. Students have been a visible presence at most of the demonstrations in more central locations, and the heads of the universities met Sunday night to decide on steps to take. We decided enough is enough, Professor Cohen said, explaining the open-ended stoppage. We call on the government to stop the legislation. That is our main message. To stop the legislation and to engage in dialogue. You can only change the rules of the game with a broad consensus, and this legislation is endangering democracy. Simka Rothman, a coalition lawmaker who is chairman of the parliamentary committee that has been advancing the legislation, posted an urgent call for right-wing supporters to come to a counter-demonstration outside parliament on Monday evening. He wrote on Twitter, They will not steal the election. The people demand a radical overhaul of the justice system. He added, We must not accept a reality in which there are people whose vote does not count. Go out and return the voice to the people. All outgoing flights from Israel's main airport outside Tel Aviv have been suspended after a strike by protesting airport workers went into force, according to a spokesman for the Israeli Airport Authority. The last flight took off over an hour ago. So far, 22 departures have been delayed, but arriving flights are landing as usual. Government leaders appear to be locked in dispute over how to respond to the turmoil. Prime Minister Netanyahu was expected to make a televised speech this morning, but has not emerged and has made no public statement since late last night.
Moderate lawmakers from his coalition have signaled they would accept a halt to the overhaul, but hardliners have said it must go ahead despite the protests and strikes. It is almost noon in Israel and protesters are returning to the streets, gathering outside the parliament in Jerusalem and blocking a major road in Tel Aviv. There are also calls for counter-demonstrations from a leading coalition lawmaker, Simcha Rothman, who has led the efforts to overhaul the judiciary. Jerusalem, along with changing how judges are appointed, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's governing coalition had prioritized another amendment, prohibiting judicial review of the appointment of cabinet ministers. The government argued that its ability to choose ministers and not have them rejected by the courts lies at the heart of the democratic process. But analysts said that their urgency to move on the bill stemmed from narrower interests. Passage of the law would allow the government to reinstate Aryeh Duri, a close Netanyahu ally whose appointment to two senior posts in the government was struck down in January by Israel's Supreme Court. The court ruled that Mr. Duri was not fit to serve, mainly because of his criminal record. But in an early sign that parts of the government were backing away from the blitz of contentious legislation, Mr. Duri requested on Monday morning that the amendment be frozen. As the leader of Shas, an ultra-Orthodox Sephardic party and the second-largest party in the coalition after Mr. Netanyahu's conservative Likud, Mr. Duri is critical for the survival of the government. The coalition holds a majority of 64 in the 120-seat parliament. A spokesman for Shas, Asher Medina, confirmed that Mr. Duri had requested a freeze without offering any further explanation. Mr. Dury was convicted of bribery more than two decades ago and sentenced to jail time. Just over a year ago, Mr. Dury reached a plea deal in a tax fraud case and received a suspended prison term. Pledging to quit public service, he immediately resigned from parliament as part of the deal. He then ran in the November election. Dubbed the Dury 2 bill, the latest legal amendment comes after an earlier one, Dury 1, which allowed politicians with suspended prison sentences to serve as ministers and which was rushed through parliament even before the current government was sworn in. The law previously barred any politician convicted of a crime and sentenced to prison from taking a ministerial role for seven years after release. Under the amendment, the seven-year prohibition applies only if actual jail time is served. Mr. Dury had been appointed to the powerful positions of Interior Minister and Health Minister in the new government before Mr. Netanyahu dismissed him, in compliance with the court ruling. The Dury II amendment would allow Mr. Netanyahu to reappoint him, in defiance of the court. Union leaders are threatening to paralyze Israel's economy to protest the government's plan. The nation's largest trade union, Histadrit, has formally announced that it will hold a general strike if the judicial overhaul goes ahead. A medical union said it was preparing to shut down all non-emergency medical care. Airport workers are preparing to shut down the country's airports, according to a report in Cannes, the Israeli public broadcaster. In an early sign that members of the government were backing away from the blitz of contentious legislation, Arye Duri, a close Netanyahu ally and leader of the ultra-Orthodox Shas party, a key member of the governing coalition, requested on Monday morning the freezing of a law that was expected to reinstate him as a senior minister despite his criminal record, according to the party's spokesman. The planned legal amendment would have prohibited judicial review of the appointment of cabinet ministers. 
Jerusalem, for the past seven decades, Israel's nine-member appointments committee composed of five legal professionals and four politicians generally had to reach a consensus to select Supreme Court judges with the required majority of seven. The government's contentious new proposal, the first step of the Israeli government's contentious judicial overhaul, would give government appointees an automatic majority on an expanded committee of 11. The government would be able to appoint two Supreme Court justices during each parliamentary term. Any third candidate would need the additional support of an opposition lawmaker on the committee. The fourth onward would also require the support of a Supreme Court judge. Under the new proposal, a majority of the committee, meaning the government, would get to choose the next president of the court, abandoning the previous system of seniority. Supporters of the changes say they would bring Israel into line with many other Western democracies. Critics decry what they view as the politicization of the judiciary in a country that lacks a formal, written constitution or any other significant checks, beyond the court, on government power. The Israeli system, they say, cannot be compared to that of most other democracies. Other key elements of the overhaul are on hold until late April. They include proposals to curb what the government views as the Supreme Court's overreach by drastically restricting its ability to strike down laws passed by parliament that it deems unconstitutional and to allow the 120-seat parliament to override Supreme Court decisions with a bare majority of 61. Another bill in the works would abolish the Supreme Court's use of the grounds of unreasonability, a term the court uses to base decisions on vaguely defined ethical standards to disqualify government decisions or appointments. The government also wants to weaken the authority of the Attorney General, the government's independent legal counsel, among other things. Benjamin Netanyahu, Israel's longest-serving prime minister, was once a staunch defender of a strong and independent Supreme Court. Now he is standing trial on corruption charges before the same judiciary that would be subject to his government's overhaul, and he argues that its powers must be curbed. The court has unjustifiably interfered in security considerations in the war on terrorism, Mr. Netanyahu said in an address last week, adding. Time and again, it has imposed difficulties on government policy. His opponents say that his change of heart is less about the fate of the country and more about his own after his indictment on charges of bribery, fraud and breach of trust, and the resulting trial, which began in 2021. They fear that he is acting out of personal interest, in the hope that aspects of the judicial overhaul may help him extricate himself from legal troubles or evade punishment. Mr. Netanyahu has denied any personal motives, denies wrongdoing and says the cases against him are collapsing in court. Theoretically, critics say, if the judicial changes all go through, they could provide Mr. Netanyahu with a more sympathetic bench of judges should he need to appeal a conviction. A looming constitutional crisis resulting from the overhaul could lead to the resignation or firing of the Attorney General, Gali Baharav Mayera, and a more compliant replacement could order a review of the case against Mr. Netanyahu, pausing the trial. And any Supreme Court attempt to strike down a parliamentary move to derail the trial could subsequently be overridden by the legislature. If nothing else, Mr. Netanyahu's legal entanglement has already added to public mistrust in his government's judicial plan. It's very simple, said Elon Feldman, 62, a military veteran who was recently protesting with other volunteer reservists outside the parliament. This is about one man with an agenda who wants to escape his trial. 
Ms. Baharov Mayera, the Attorney General, had barred Mr. Netanyahu from involvement in the plans for the court overhaul, citing a court-imposed agreement to avoid conflicts of interest that he had signed because of his trial. But on Thursday, hours after the parliament passed a law making it harder to remove him from office even if he violated the agreement, Mr. Netanyahu said he was stepping into the fray to find a solution that would both ensure majority rule and safeguard individual rights, and in order to prevent a rift in the nation. The government's judicial plan has set off frenzied resistance at home and abroad, prompted mass demonstrations for 12 weeks and counting, and caused disquiet among investors, leading American Jews and the Biden administration. Perhaps the most consequential opposition, however, has come from within the country's influential military. Thousands of reservists have warned that they would no longer volunteer for duty if the overhaul goes ahead. The military leadership has privately warned political leaders that it is on the verge of reducing the scope of certain operations because so many reservists have already pulled out. The warnings led the defense minister, Yoav Gallant, to caution that Israel's national security was under threat. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu then fired Mr. Gallant in a one-line statement late Sunday, prompting mass unrest. The reservists' resistance is particularly significant because, unlike in most countries, Israeli reservists play a crucial role in parts of the military, particularly in the Air Force. Officials say that Israel's ability to strike Iran's nuclear enrichment facilities or Iranian-linked targets in Syria depends significantly on the involvement of reserve pilots. To Palestinians, the Israel Defense Forces are an occupying power whose raids on armed groups have helped exacerbate a bloody period in the occupied West Bank. But to Jewish Israelis, the Israeli military is a glue that holds together competing social groups, most citizens serve as conscripts in the army, turning it into a cultural melting pot and social leveler. Angst among soldiers is considered an alarming threat to society. The armed forces are also seen as essential to Israel's existence. Without an army, the country cannot control the West Bank, restrain armed groups in the Gaza Strip, or curb threats from Iran, Lebanon and Syria, all countries that are technically at war with Israel. At its simplest, the disagreement over the government's judicial overhaul is about the management of Israel's court system. But the standoff has also become a stand-in for a deeper ideological and cultural dispute in Israel between those who want a more secular and pluralist state and those with a more religious and nationalist vision. To its critics, the Supreme Court is seen as the last bastion of the secular, centrist elite, descended from European Jewry that dominated the state during its earliest decades. Religious Jews, particularly the ultra-Orthodox, perceive the court as an obstacle to their ultra-conservative way of life. The court has often opposed certain privileges and financial subsidies for the ultra-Orthodox. In particular, the court rejected a special dispensation that allowed ultra-Orthodox Jews to postpone military service in favor of religious study, infuriating religious leaders. Right-wing Israelis who want to entrench Israeli settlement in the occupied West Bank also see the court as an antagonist. Though the court has not obstructed most settlement in the territory, it has blocked some of the settler movement's most ambitious goals, including the construction of Israeli towns on privately owned Palestinian land. The court also supported the eviction of all Israeli settlers from Gaza in 2005, a pivotal moment that cemented the settler leadership's desire for a judicial overhaul. 
Jews of Middle Eastern backgrounds also feel underrepresented on the court, which has mostly been staffed by judges of European descent. Ethnic divides among Israeli Jews have narrowed over the years, as many Middle Eastern Jews, known as Mizrahim, have played increasingly important roles in society and government. But some perceived inequities remain, and the court has become emblematic of those tensions.